Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO Podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester. You might know me from my YouTube channel where I take trending celeb news and find out what lessons we can apply to our own life. But today, we're going to explore some questions that you guys have asked me over the last week. And don't worry, all the names and details have been changed. Your business is not on the internet. So we're going to look at Tinder, Snapchat, and social media. Basically, guys who want to date you but still keep Tinder on their phone, exes who lurk in your DMs and beyond, and why a guy can be all up in your pieces on Snapchat but can't seem to follow through on a date, plus a whole lot more. For more, also find me on Instagram and Twitter at ShallonXO and YouTube where you can click like and subscribe for new videos every other day. Have you ever wondered what the secrets are behind some of the most successful women in the world? Well, each week on the Super Women with Rebecca Minkoff podcast, designer Rebecca Minkoff, yes, the girl who makes all of your favorite purses, talks to women from all walks of life, from CEOs to artists. They share their personal stories on the successes and their failures in order to help you tap into the power of vulnerability and find strength in dealing with loss. They also share tips on how to make your inner superwoman shine through. Doesn't this sound totally up our alley? So head on over to Spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts for new episodes of the Superwoman with Rebecca Minkoff podcast to get inspired, laugh, and learn a few life lessons along the way. Welcome to the podcast, Shaliners. Just a reminder that any question that appears on here has been completely anonymized. All the names, relevant details have been changed. So don't worry about your business ending up on the internet because I would never do that to you guys. So the first question we have is from a young lady named Brianna. And she said, I'm dating this guy. Everything seems to be going great. We FaceTime a ton when we're not together. Met his parents, blah, blah, blah. But I've noticed two red flags. The first one, he said I love you really quickly, like about a month in. And number two, he has Tinder on his phone still. Now that's how we met. So it's like, I don't think there's anything wrong with Tinder, obviously. But I confronted him about it and was like, why do you still have this? And he's like, oh, I meet cool people and talk to them. But you're my girl and I'd never do anything like that. He even opened the app and let me look at the messages. And it was all fine. But he was giving them his Snapchat and that bothered me. Like if we're in a relationship, you shouldn't have any of this on your phone. So I was like, all right, if we're going to do this, you need to delete Tinder. And he said he would but he hasn't. So I feel like if I bring it up again, he'll think I'm some kind of controlling crazy girlfriend, but I'm not. Any thoughts? Mm Mm-hmm. Any thoughts? (laughs) When do I not have a million thoughts, my dear? So I don't blame her for being confused and frustrated, and I see a lot of red flags here too. I'm a big believer in if you're going to fight, fight over an issue versus a topic. For example, I got into a berserker fight with my boyfriend the other day because he was drinking all of my La Croix, all of my soda water. I was out of town for not even 25 hours. He drank 18 motherfucking La Croix. I lost my mind. And he's like, I'll replace him. I was almost foaming at the mouth. I was like, you always say that and you never do. Now the La Croix was the topic, right? The issue that I, after I calmed down, addressed, I'm like, the issue is you come to my house and I'm very appreciative that you always come to me. You never make me go to you. But all the things that you enjoy here, all the amenities, they don't just happen. All those clean sheets, the toilet paper, the La Croix, 
the blowjobs. I provide those. I provide those. And it's one thing to like acknowledge that and be appreciative. It's another thing to like, hey, help replenish that. If you went over to your friend's house, you'd probably feel obligated. You know, that's just a human courtesy. And it makes me feel taken advantage of. It makes me feel like I'm your mom. And that's not a sexy position to be in. What is my point here? Tinder is the LaCroix, right? Tinder is the topic. The issue is that how much attention does this dude actually need? You know, obviously she is giving everything she has to him. I'm sure she's a great girlfriend. And it's like, yo, is that not enough? Like, is it also not enough that just the females you come in contact with every day, the barista, the chicks in your class, whatever it might be, your coworkers, that is also not enough. Any friends you have, still not enough. That you have to import attention from the internet on Tinder. And I think it's very telling that he used the phrase, I meet cool people. Oh, are you, are you uh, swiping on a lot of dudes? No. He chose that word on purpose because he is trying to pacify his own culpability. You know, he's trying to backtrack and nullify his role in this. It's people. Had he said, oh, I meet a lot of hot chicks because you think he's swiping on the uglies? I strongly doubt it. You think he's starting up a conversation with Hortense the mule face girl? Probably not. He's only probably talking to the hot ones. And it's obviously really worrisome that he's moving them to Snapchat. Snapchat is the fuckboys medium. It is the place for dick pics. You know, we all know that. And of course, he's going to go someplace where the messages expire, where you can see if someone screenshots. He's not stupid, but he is a jerk. So that's also why he's not taking this relationship further. Oh, I forgot to add this, but (laughs) apparently he doesn't want to define the relationship. You know, he's not putting a label on things. He doesn't want to be a boyfriend, girlfriend. So that's all part and parcel of this behavioral pattern. Of course, he doesn't want to be someone's boyfriend. He doesn't actually see a need to be. Because while Brianna has been like handling this, you know, in a great way, she's still dating him. She's still sleeping with him. She's still listening to his problems and he has a bad day when he tells me that's it. She's still girlfriendy, but he ain't boyfriendy. I don't care how awesome a guy is when he's with you. I'm a big fan of the theory, courtesy of Blake Shelton. Who are you when I'm not looking? Who are you looking at when you're not looking at me? What are you out there doing? Anyone can be nice. You know, anyone can be charming when they're getting something out of it. And I'm sure he really does like her. But how many other people has to like him? You know, like how big of a harem does he have to have? People like that, it is never enough. That is what greed is. It's bottomless. And that's why it's a sin, you know? We all want things, but at some point we're like, all right, people like this are a bottomless pit of ego needs. And people like her are going to spend their entire relationship and many women spend their entire lives twisting themselves into this pretzel to try to be better and more beautiful and let me make my lips bigger, my boobs bigger and get both my legs behind my head to try to hold someone's attention. And it just never works. And then we leave feeling like we're the deficient one and we're not. We are perfectly adequate and we are perfectly enough to keep a sane person interested in us. A fuck boy, it's never going to happen. You can never be enough for a person like that. So the number one thing to remember, because 
I feel like it was very telling, you know, and a red flag for me when she's like, I feel like he's going to call me crazy and controlling if I bring this up again. The number one thing someone will tell you when they're trying to oppress you is that you're crazy. She's an unstable slut. Don't listen to her. That's meant to devalue what that person is saying because you've devalued who they are. You've devalued their sanity. He is the controlling one, not her. She wants a very reasonable thing to know that she's investing in someone who values that investment. And if requiring that is crazy to him, then he can go be crazy alone. Today we have a question from Ari. She said, Shallon, I'm signing up for Tinder for the first time and I'm not sure how I should set up my profile. Any advice? I love your channel, BTW. Like I said, I'm always going to include the compliments because I'm a narcissist. So Ari, okay. So guys want to see two things from your dating app profile. That you're hot and that you're not crazy. You show that you're hot, obviously, through the pictures. So I always say one with an animal slash a family member, but make sure that any males in the photo are very obviously related to you. You don't want a guy thinking that you're posting a picture of an ex-boyfriend or something, you know? One of your friends, but make sure none of them are hotter than you and you really need to be honest with yourself because I have literally had guys say that they've seen that a hotter girl is in some chick's photo and they'll message her and be like, hey, um, is your friend on Tinder? Is she single? Because men are trash. One that shows your body. So like a full length photo, but do not do one in a bikini or a swimsuit. It's trashy. And like, you know, why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? It just kind of sends the wrong message. And then one shows one that shows your face more up close. So maybe a selfie, but no Snapchat filters or Facetune. No. Of course, you can combine these photos into one. So like if you're at a wedding with your friends and it shows your full length body, great. Or if you want to do a selfie with your dad, perfect. But don't feel like you have to go overboard. I usually do four or five photos. That's it. Then you demonstrate that you're not crazy by being brief. Guys associate craziness with loquaciousness. Chit chat. Chatty, 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 chatty. I mean, think about it. Like, crazy people talk a lot, right? We all have that friend who never shuts up, and we're like, she's a crazy one. So basically, the more you talk, the nuttier you sound. And usually, I do a little, like, intro phrase or something, sort of like, Orange County girl living in New York City just trying to find some decent Mexican food. So, like, something like that, but not, like, painfully uncool because that's, like, a terrible line. And then, then, I do my patented dating profile app hack. Two truths and a lie. Yes, it's like that icebreaker game that maybe you played at camp or at sleepovers or whatever. But it's great because it's an easy way to convey a lot of information about yourself in a short amount of words and give what I call conversational footholds to a guy, like a place he can kind of like get a a leg in, you know, a little foot in the door. And it's an easy way for him to strike up a conversation because there's a lot of points to touch on. So if you don't know two, two, two truths and a lie, you basically tell two truths and one lie and people have to guess which is which and also it taps into people's competitive side like guys like a challenge and they like to feel like they're right so even if he's like maybe not super into you like he's gonna see that and be like oh like I want to I want to get that quiz right so it's perfect it gets guys to reach out to you and you want to make the the things the phrases specific so instead of saying something like I like to travel like no shit who doesn't fucking like to travel it's boring say A man tried to buy me for his son when I was in Egypt, which actually did happen to me. (laughs) By the way, I was nine. So try to break it down 
like kind of like this if you're stumped about where to start because it's it can be hard try to focus on one that like touches on your past maybe how you grew up or something one that focuses on the present and maybe one that focuses on the future and for the lie make it a riff on something that is true so here's an example number one I was a model for baby gap as an infant true number two I speak five languages but refuse to learn Spanish true and here's the lie I'm working on a book about Riverdale lie I'm working on a podcast about Game of Thrones okay so I'm not that's not actually like accurate these things aren't accurate for me just an example but like you see the lie you even if he's like oh I bet you're I bet you really are working on a book about Riverdale just so you don't have a comeback of like no I'm not you can be like no I'm actually working on a podcast about Game of Thrones oh so it offers a lot of ways to bounce the ball back for both of you and it's a lot of information and guys to touch on. And it's, again, like I said, it's really easy for them to reach out and that's what you want. But overall, my Tinder advice is pretty easy. Never message a guy first, ever. And if he doesn't set up a date within 48 hours of messaging you on the app, flush him. You got to get together fast and see if that chemistry aligns. Because the worst thing to do is go down that rabbit hole, chit-chatting for like a week or two. I mean, some of you guys say you talk for months. It's crazy. And then you meet up and you've built this up in your mind. And it's like sometimes the chemistry just isn't there. And we can't predict that. That's why it's called chemistry. I guess a lot of people do know about chemistry. I got a D in it. So the word makes sense to me. But good luck, Ari. You're going to do great. Our next question comes from a girl named Ashley, and she says, lately I've been noticing that I have this pattern of attracting guys who like women with daddy issues or have all these psychological problems. Like nothing against these women, but it almost feels like my career and my ability to keep it together is unattractive to guys. I'm not sure if I should be looking for a more secure dude who doesn't need to save someone, or do all men kind of need to feel a sense of heroism, and should I downplay my career? I'm a doctor, so it's hard to sort of hide that because it's a lot of my life, and I just don't really know what to do. So first of all, never, 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 never downplay your achievements. You don't necessarily need to brag with them, but we'll get to that in a minute. So no, Ashley should not be downplaying the fact that she's a doctor. That's an insane, incredible thing that she's done that she's still doing. Like, that's amazing. And it's interesting because I know what she's going through on this. I definitely have experienced this as well. I used to be super heavily involved in the emo music scene. Like, please don't judge me, but I was. And all the guys were like this. It was like Captain Save-A-Ho everywhere you turn. And like, it seemed like the more broken and ridiculous the girls were, the more guys were into them. But looking back, it's like, dude, they can have each other. Like, are you kidding me? Two broken people should be pairing up and then leave the healthy people like you and I to find other alpha males and quality people because it's hard enough, ladies, as I'm sure you know, to be smart and attractive and fun and ambitious. It's lonely at the top. One percenters don't have it so great. It's so much easier to be lame and stupid and unattractive with no goals because, God, there's a lot more of you out there. It's so much easier to pair up other dorks are everywhere. So to be like at the top of the heap, which we all are, if you're on this podcast, you know that you are. It really can be like difficult. But I kind of like it when a guy reveals himself to not 
be impressed by my career or have sort of this ego. I don't like it, obviously. It's terrible. But I like that he showed his ass. You know what I mean? I like that I now have the facts about someone because otherwise I'm making decisions based on a reality that doesn't exist. I'm orienting myself and falling for someone who actually is not what they seem. It's a bait and switch. And I don't like false advertising. So one thing I've also learned is not to lead with my resume. And this has been kind of a lifelong battle for me. And looking back, like when I was on that emo scene and guys are going for the broken girls, it's not, I don't think so much that they liked that they, these girls were just a mess. They liked the feeling of being able to help someone. Guys, so this is a psychological principle. Women communicate to build relationships. Men communicate to solve problems. So if he encounters a girl who has no problems, consciously or unconsciously, he can maybe find it difficult to find things to talk about. Not to find things to talk about, even just like, what is his role in this? He's probably asking himself on some level, what does she need me for? And a quality guy will say it in a different tone of voice. Man, what does she need me for? She's got it going on. A beta male, a douche, will be like, oh, she doesn't need me. I'm going to create problems in her life so that she does. I'm going to cut her down so that she feels less than, so that she does need me. I'm going to convince her that she that I'm the key to her happiness. And that if she doesn't have my approval, she doesn't have anything. So when a guy reveals himself to be like that, it's like, ah, I can, the enemy has walked out into the open. He's in my crosshairs. Goodbye. You know what I mean? But one thing, looking back, like I was saying, when I was on the emo scene, it's like, I was so fixated on setting myself apart from these other like sad weak girls that I was almost overcompensating and I was too aggressive I was leading with my resume in a way that was like really unattractive because it set up an unpleasant dynamic with guys it set up this adversarial competitive dynamic I mean someone comes at you like that think about even just making female friends it's like oh you live in this neighborhood I live in this neighborhood that's how many followers you have I have this many and she might not be saying things like that to like purposely get your goat but that's certainly the effect it has right so it's even worse when you do it in dating because you're not meant to compete with your partner and looking back now and I kind of didn't realize this until Ashley asked me this question but it's like I used to always gripe about my boyfriends that they were so competitive with me they were just they weren't happy for me they were competitive and 90% of that is because they were shitty like it is but 10% of it was maybe, maybe 15% is because I had set up that dynamic from the get-go. I was leading with my resident. Look at everything I've done. Look at how badass I am. I don't need you. And it's not healthy because it's not loving. Because then there's no room for weakness and there's no room for sweetness. Like you can't be weak around your competitor, right? Around your, your rival, right? No. And that's not what a relationship should be. Now, I don't want a guy who feels competitive with me at all. So I purposely avoid that by leading with the sweetness. I'm a really loving maternal, well, maybe not maternal, <laughs> but I'm loving. I'm a delight. You know, I'm really supportive and caring towards my friends. I'm fun loving. So I lead with that. And I don't downplay what I've done. Not at all. I'm not like, oh yeah, I published a book, two books. It was no big deal. The fuck it wasn't. It was a great big deal. And it still is a big deal. Look at all that I'm doing. Look at all that I am. So if someone asks about it, it's like accepting a compliment. You're like, oh, thank you. Now like, oh, <laughs> I'm not trying to explain something away. I'm not being braggadocious, but I'm just letting it lie.
Yeah, man. I really am that awesome. If you don't like it, there's the door. I feel like Ashley should just send these guys off with like a prescription for a generic Xanax and be like, here's your partying gift. Get the hell out of my life. <laughs> but I know this is a problem that a lot of you guys have. So try that tactic. If you're finding the guys are like chronically intimidated by you or something like that, try leading with the sweetness because you know what? It's in there. There's so many different dimensions of you. You don't have to come out guns a blazing right away. This next question comes from a girl named Carrie, and she said something that we have all been through. So I have a question about this one guy who I have a thing with. He watches my Snap story. He's always one of the first ones to watch it, too. He likes my post on Facebook. He replies to my Snap story. And we were going to go on a date um, one time. We we're going to go get coffee, but he canceled on me the morning of. And we don't chat via social media all the time. Like, we do flirt in person and talk more in person. But I can't figure out what's going on. Is this guy into me or is he just playing me? So the answer is a little bit of both. Unlike women, guys can like girls just a little bit. They can be cool with some chit-chat on social media or in real life, but there's no escalation there. You know, an escalation is the hallmark of a guy who's legitimately interested. There, It's two parts. It's a pattern. He's texting you regularly. He's calling you regularly. He's making plans to see you regularly. And that escalates. It goes from the text to the call to the plans to the meeting the friends to the meeting the parents, boyfriend and girlfriend. You buy a golden retriever. Everything is great, you know? And if you don't have both of those things... It can be really difficult to tell what's going on in the relationship. So if there's no escalation, nothing is happening. And one thing I've learned is to completely disregard what a guy does on social media. Completely disregard it. I had a guy friend tell me, because I was I, I had asked one of my guy friends this exact same thing. I had a fuckboy, my good guy fuckboy, who I talk about all the time because you think I talk about him all the time now? Mm. When I was in love with him, oh, you didn't want to be my friend. But yeah, he was always watching my Snap story first, that whole thing. And I was like, what does it mean? And my guy friend's like, it means he was bored on the toilet. And I almost threw up. It was like the worst thing I could possibly imagine. It's horrifying to hear. But I'm like, you know what? That's true. If you take away what he's doing on social media, that is actually what the deal is. If you take away the likes and the swipes and the views, what are you left with? What kind of IRL interaction is there? In Carrie's case, not a lot. There was a date. There was an opportunity for him to see her in real life, make her known that she's a priority, make her known that he is pursuing your, her in the way a man should, also possibly get laid, hello, and he flaked. He couldn't commit to coffee with a hot chick who ostensibly he wants to have sex with. What kind of man is that? And I, I understand how that's confusing and that's so hard to reconcile. It's like, well, then why is he chatting? You know, like, why is he lurking and haunting? That is just how guys are. You know, like I said, they can like us just a little. When we like someone, we're all in, you know, like we, and we always make room in our life for love. Guys have to set that intention, you know, so it could be that his his door is simply not unlocked. He's a locked door and he's looking through the peephole and we're like, can I come in? No, it's just a peephole. You can't fit. And they're just like, semi into it. I don't know why. It's annoying. But we have to, again, look at the data that's happening in real life. 
So this guy is definitely shades of my good guy fuckboy. And when a dude wants you, he doesn't wait months. He doesn't even wait weeks. He rarely even waits days. He makes a date and he follows through. Why? Because guys are hardwired to be hunters, right? And a hunter knows that if he doesn't go after that prey, someone else is going to. And if he doesn't, either he's just not that into it or worse, he doesn't think you have value enough to be hunted by someone else. Anyway, you slice it, all signs point to no. I finally had to block my GGFB, good guy, fuck boy, on social because I couldn't stand that extraneous data. I was so used to looking at it and trying to interpret it in a way that added up to, he loves me, that I really needed to look at what I was left with. And what I was left with was nothing. He would be in my city, wouldn't ask me out. If he couldn't get a hold of me on Snapchat, he wouldn't text me. He was doing the bare minimum. And you know what? It's time I gave him the bare minimum. And Carrie, it's exactly what she should be doing too. Next, we have a question from a lovely girl named Bella who says, okay, Sean, I'm going to be real with you. I'm kind of a complex, energetic, bubbly girl. I'm the life of the party. I have a lot of friends. And I just got dumped by my boyfriend. And you know who he started dating? The plainest possible girl I could ever imagine in my life. I was devastated by this and still haven't been able to get over it, honestly. It's a little bit embarrassing. And even last night, like, his friend posted a story about him and I, and, like, people still assume that we're a couple, and I have deep feelings for him. And I don't know what to do, especially about this plain girl, because it seems like he's rubbing her in my face. He's posting her all over the place, and he even went so far as to, like, unlike all of my photos that he had liked when we were together. And so... Is it wrong that I want to get back together with him just to dump him and make him miserable? So, yes. Here's the deal. I used to be very, very into revenge. I had a necklace that said revenge, like Carrie Bradshaw's nameplate necklace. And I learned that honestly, it really is just a waste of time. It doesn't really surprise me that this guy dated a plain person. And when I see my exes do that, I'm like, ah, so that's who you were all along. Plain people like plain people. You know what I mean? Like that's just kind of their speed. And it shows me that your ex-boyfriend was plain too. He didn't want someone interesting or spicy or intoxicating or exciting, which seems crazy to us as fellow exciting women. But like, how could someone not want us? Well, you know, you'd be surprised. So it's not so much that he matured because that was her big question. She's like, has he just grown up and he's like this Mr. Settle Down guy? No. He didn't mature, he just settled. Maturity and apathy look a lot alike. You know what I mean? When a guy kind of gives up, it's like, yeah, she's fine. Remember my video on plain Janes? Guys choose plain Janes because they're predictable. And sometimes boring people want a boring little life, you know? And yeah, as for the petty thing, ugh, like the, uh, the unliking of the photo, it's again, he showed his ass about who he is. And like, if someone is flaunting their new girlfriend excessively, obviously they're not over it. This also goes back to apathy. The opposite of love isn't hate, it is apathy. And if he's still doing that, he's trying to twist the knife, which again, is just so lame. So I kind of think he's almost in the worst possible position. You know, he misses someone complex and exciting, and yet he knows on some level, he has zero ability to keep up with that girl, with the exciting girl. So plain Jane's where he's gonna be. And not just for this relationship, but probably for all of them. So this is what you need to do. 
you need to block them. It's really tempting to let someone lurk in our social networks so that they can see how fabulous we are, but like they know. And they don't get to keep on knowing. My networks are for me and the people who I have respect for and the people who respect me in return. Not for lurkers and people who have done nothing, who've done nothing but hurt me, you know? And besides, like that will grate on him more than anything to be locked out. Like guys hate silence. Like I always say the worst text you can send to a guy is the one you don't send because they just can't stand it. I've literally almost never followed that advice by myself. I'm like, let me write 75,000 well-crafted words that are basically just stitched together Taylor Swift lyrics. How's that sound? But (laughs) trust me, it's worse to just ice a guy out. And it really is the best revenge. And besides, it's very important to put up those emotional boundaries about exes. If you had someone lurking around your house, you'd lock your doors and no one would say you're crazy and no one would say you're petty and you're not over it. They'd be like, well, yes, you're taking necessary precautions. So you can't move on if you keep letting him tap on your door, digital or otherwise. That's all for this week, Shaloners. Thanks for tuning in. And like I said, if you have a love question of your own that you need some help on, find me on the Instant Go app and click chat to get connected right away. Also, find me on YouTube, Shallon Lester. Click like and subscribe for new videos every Friday and a bunch in between. And be sure to follow me on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter at ShallonXO. Stay savage.